following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. Good morning. Good morning. Don't want to be here today. I don't know about you. I'm glad you are. But... Um, we talk a lot around here about a church as a family. I found that I hardly ever refer to the church anymore, this church family, as just church. It's always a church family. Uh, those two words go together all the time. It's just become part of uh, our vernacular. It's just... It's our vocabulary. It's a church family, not just a church. And this is a good thing. It's a good because um, it keeps in the front of our minds that we are not just uh, an incidental organization and our services are not just obligatory events. Um, we have church by open the doors on Sunday and people come and they sit patiently uh, and then leave after and maybe have a cup of coffee. Referring to ourselves as a church family reminds us that we are connected by something deeper than just mere religious obligation. And our times together are more than observation of rites and rituals and um, but times of real connection and fellowship and worship and growth with the Lord himself and with each other as a family, uh, as a family should. It's what I like the most about our church family is that when we say we're a family, we mean it. As some of you are new to our family, as some of you are old to our family. I mean, you've been around for a long time. I mean, you've, uh, you've been here the whole time. <laughs> I'm not accusing anyone of anything. Well, the Bible used another word for the church in the New Testament besides just a family, but the picture of a body, the body of Christ. And that's the picture I want to examine this morning, the body. But before we go any further, let's pray. Father, we thank you for our great, uh, your great love for us. We thank you for our wonderful church family. We pray, Father, your spirit would open our eyes to your word this morning, soften our hearts to receive your message, open our ears that we might hear your voice. Lord, may we know you more as a result of our time together in your word. We give you permission to change things, to rearrange our furniture for your glory, that we as a family, as a body, would r reflect the, um, the design you had in mind when you founded the church. So we pray, Lord, that you would enlighten us this morning by the power of your spirit, for we pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. I'm going to drag this out as long as possible because I won't get to preach for three months. So 
This one might last three months. Whatever you're cooking for lunch in your oven is burning. Just get over it. It's going to burn. I'm just kidding. It's only one page long, so you're good. 1 Corinthians 12, a start of verse 12 is our text for this morning. That's page 959 in the Pew Bibles. 1 Corinthians 12, start of verse 12. Paul writes, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we're all made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but the, that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. May God's blessing be on his word. This is one of the funniest portions of scripture that there is. Because I always think of talking eyeballs and giant ears. How did that eye ask the question? Right? How does it talk? It's like a cartoon. Now you know why I need a sabbatical. <laughs> Things are running amok in my brain. But the truth is, I think when... Uh, People read this, I wonder how many people have read these verses and have left, or leave it wondering, which part of the body am I? Am I, am I an eye? Am I a hand or a foot? Am I nothing more than a rough endoplasmic reticulum in a skin cell on the back of the left knee? It's a real thing. You can ask the Google. I did. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> Rough endoplasmic reticulum. Don't you know what they do? The Lord knows. He made them. But the point the Lord is trying to make here through Paul is not which part are you, what label are you. 
so often in church families and individual <coughs> excuse me individual bodies of Christ which make up the entire body of Christ folks get really hung up on the hierarchies of the importance of the parts of the body and the roles associated with them which is more important the eyes or the feet well we just read this not that one is more important than the other but we still get stuck thinking that sometimes well so here's how it works the pastor does the preaching right so he must be the mouth right the elders look out for the family so they must be the eyes and those that use their gifts in service to others must be the hands i'm i'm involved in missions so i must be the feet i only come to services and sit in the pews so i must be the butt right <laughs> <clears throat> Spurgeon, Spurgeon's rolling in his grave right now. <laughs> Again, the labels here are not Paul's point. The point is that every part, whatever it is, is important. And every part does have its work. And every part must be united with the other parts in order for the body to function. That's the point. Says in verse 24, but God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Now when we read these verses, uh, people write books on this, how to discover your spiritual gift so you know how to fit into the body, right? You take the test, you check the boxes, and they say, aha, you have the gift of prophecy and walking on water, <laughs> right? Right, you have the gift of healing. <laughs> well, go hang out at the hospital then. Don't sit here. What are you doing here? That's not the point. It's not about discovering your unique spiritual gifts or being assigned a specific office or role within a church body. We are being reminded here that in order for the body to function in the way that it was designed, we each must participate. All of us. We must each care for one another. When one suffers, we suffer together. When one is honored, we rejoice together. If you don't know that you're different, you're not paying attention. You, my friends, are different. We all are. We are different, and that is by design, by God's design. Verse 18 says, to backtrack a little bit, says, But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. <coughs> parts of my body not working real good <coughs> right now. <clears throat> so I was thinking about this concept of the church as a body with many parts. I couldn't help but think about uh, the parallel between um, my dad's shoulder replacement surgery and my sabbatical. They're exactly the same. How about that? 
Yeah, my dad's on a little bit of a sabbatical now, and my mom is working overtime. He had his right shoulder replaced um, on Friday. My dad's shoulder is worn out from years of use. I won't say how many years, but a long time. Dad, a hard worker. His range of motion was really hindered, caused a lot of pain. His shoulder is full of arthritis and bursitis and probably appendicitis. I don't know. Anyway, it was, it was worn out and it needed tending. So they, uh, they replaced the ball on the end of the bone and cut it off and put a metal one on there and put in a plastic sleeve. This is gross. Put in a plastic sleeve in the socket, right? So now it lasts forever, and every time he moves, he goes, no, 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 no. You have to be old to appreciate that. But I'm glad enough of you are. Did not waste that. <laughs> well, six, eight weeks, that will be as good as new. Uh, it be healed up. And that's kind of what I'm doing on sabbatical. I'm worn out from years of use. <laughs> uh, and I need a little tending. And while I won't be having surgery to replace any parts or anything, I am hoping that the Lord will use my time away to remove some of the, the stuff in my life that hinders my own range of motion and attend to my own heart <clears throat> so that I can function in the best way uh, that our Heavenly Father has designed me to do. Um, Dad's going to have to wear a sling for six to eight weeks, which I'm sure he's going to absolutely love. And I'll have to use his left hand for lots of things that he's used to doing with his right hand for a while. And this is just like us as a body. Um, I'm going to be out of commission for a while, which means the other parts of the body are going to have to step up and function in potentially new ways in order to keep our body healthy. I'm so encouraged to look through the list of uh, men that are going to be bringing the word over the course of the summer and how many of you are on that list. I'm very encouraged by that. Now, if dad just ignores what he's always, uh, ig- uh, as ignores what he has always done with his uh, right arm, it just does it anyway, regardless, he's going to be in real trouble. All right? That means if I used to do it with my right arm, but now I'm not going to do it anymore. Like eat or brush my teeth. Right? He wouldn't be able to recline in his easy chair, right? Because the handle's on the right side. We just said, well, I can't use my right arm, so I just won't. Uh, six to eight weeks, that will be a lot thinner and with a lot of uh, bad breath. <laughs> Fortunately, keeps his hair short, so he doesn't have to worry about combing so much. So it is with us. If we... Uh, you will not be able to ignore some of the things that I typically do. Um, you may each have to step up and function in new ways. And some of you already are. And some of you are planning to. And that's exciting. The elders will still be watching out over the church family, which I'm a little disappointed I didn't get the memo on the Hawaiian shirt today for the elders. 
My wife won't let me wear Hawaiian shirts. You guys are really very lucky. It is true. It's true. <laughs> the elders are still going to be looking out for a church family, and I'm sure that they'd love to hear from you and how you would like to help, or at least that you're willing to help. Um. My prayer and the single point of my sermon this morning is please don't take the summer off. Don't disappear just because I'm a gun. This body, this family needs you. I had another point I didn't write down, but I forgot what it was. And I'm not going to remember it now. I thought it would be appropriate to remember what it is that makes us a body, where we find our true unity, and that is in Jesus Christ. So we're going to share in communion this morning uh, to remember Christ's body given for us and his blood shed for us that we, through faith in him, might be one body. Okay? So, well, even if it's not okay, we're going to do it anyway. So I invite the elders to come at this time. In uniform. Thank you, fellas. Sorry, I didn't check my phone this morning. Blue is close. Not enough flowers. Let's pray. Father, we give thanks for this bread. But more importantly, we give thanks for the body of Christ given for us. That through his sacrifice on the cross, we might be adopted as your children. That we might be united as one body, your body, the church. We thank you for loving us that much. We pray that your blessing would be on this bread and on all those that partake of it this morning. May we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes by eating this bread today. In Jesus' name, amen.
Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 11, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat together. Let's pray and return thanks for the cup. Father, again, we thank you for the rich symbol of the cup. It reminds us of your blood poured out for us to establish a new covenant, a new agreement between you and us, that by turning to you in faith, our sins would be forgiven and we'd be adopted as your children. We thank you for the power of your blood that washes away our sin and for this cup that reminds us of it. We proclaim your death for us. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so we remember the Lord's death on our behalf. Let's drink together. Thank you. It's Christ's body given for us on a cross that makes us one body. And it's Christ's blood shed for us that makes us one with him and one with each other. Hmm. This, um, we're beginning my second sabbatical. I've been in ministry for 15 years. I took a first sabbatical, sabbatical after eight years, and then seven years later, take another. My first sabbatical was different and difficult, and I couldn't wait. I just wanted to get away. I was wounded and broken. Now I don't want to take this one. I don't want to go away. But I know it's good. So I ask you to pray. Pray for me that this time not be wasted. It's not just a time for me to lay around in a lawn chair and drink lemonade under the shade tree. But it is time to rest but I will miss you. I love you guys. Let's pray. Father, what a blessing it is to be part of a Crossroad Church family. When I think back over the years, think about almost... uh, getting run out of the church, just trying to accomplish what you have accomplished here in this body. And we're so grateful. Lord, I am thankful for my family here. I'm thankful that you have made us one through faith in Jesus Christ. That we're not just a group of service attenders or official members of an organization. But we are family, brothers and sisters in Christ, members of one body with every joint and ligament united through the blood of Jesus Christ. I pray that your hand would be on your family here. We know that you are the great shepherd and you're looking out for all of us. That's not even my job. It's yours. So we trust you to do the work you promised to do. We love you, Lord. May your family be a blessing to you today, all over the world. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. If you would like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, Post Office Box 576, West Ossipee, New Hampshire, 03890.